listeners. It's Wednesday, 24th of February. And my name's David Carr. This is the producer's take. Many thanks to Meg and Earth Spin. Do stick around because I've got a bunch of uh, new music for you today. And special guest is Lee Carden, who is running a fabulous studio in South Melbourne called Sunshine Recorders. So do stick around. There's a bunch of fun stuff on its way. listeners that was a tune called mini pops by aphex twin and uh, before that we heard marry me by a melbourne band called kitchen knife wife that should have been a massive hit i think that song she's a woman jeff beck and the yarn Hamer group live way back in about 1978 and we opened up with jethro so that track there by Aphex Twin was chosen by my guest today, Lee Carden. Good morning, Lee. Good morning, Dave. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome to the other side of the Yarra. Bit of a drive, but pleasant one. A pleasant drive, indeed. Indeed. You are working at, you, do I use the word proprietor? you the proprietor of Sunshine Recorders. That's right. In Port Melbourne. In yep. Port Melbourne. We're going to talk quite a bit about the studio a little bit later on, but um, firstly, we need to just clear some things up. We're going to talk about a studio because one of the subscribers to this delightful show is a bloke by the name of Mark Gronman, and he's a nephew of the Gronmans who built Elgin Place, which was a studio that you worked at. I did. Quite some time. First, yeah. The first studio set up. Yeah. So wh- when did that come about? Because um, I know that Mark will be very keen to hear about this. Yeah, it was, um, what was it? It was probably 2009, I think it was, and... Um, I was spending a couple of years at that point recording bands and recording various artists with a mobile setup just out of interest, but took a liking to it. Um, wanted, always had a love for the electronic uh, analog gear and wanted to get out of working in a computer and looking at a console and started to hunt down what I wanted and thought it would be great if I could find a nice MCI, American console from the 70s. This is a mixing desk. Um, yeah, mm. mixing desk. Happened to find one for sale 
in Hawthorne, Elgin Place. Um, at the time, it was called Eastern Block Studios, and it was run by an American producer called Jonathan Burnside. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. He, I think okay. he had it for seven or eight years at that point. Um, I came in. I love the console. I realized there's no way you could have a console without, or a console like that without having a studio to go along with it, really. Yes. For the sort of stuff I wanted to do. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it just so happened that he was selling the console, he was selling the studio. I thought, there's no way I could do this. And then I went away and I thought, of course I can do this. <laughs> just find a way to make it happen. And um, it was a bit of a struggle, but we got there and, yeah, that was my first entry into owning a studio. Mm, mm. Now, that, I think, had been through a few, as a studio, had been through a few incarnations because it was, I think it was called Elgin Place. And I think the first time I went there was 1990, when it was Elgin Place. Yeah. Uh, a record that I played a lot of guitar on was mixed there in about two days <laughs> or something. Then I think it became, uh, I'm not too sure about this, but I think it became Atlantis. It did. Or the, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure if there was something in between, but yeah, it was Atlantis for about quite a while, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Then Mr. Burnside took it over, then you. Yeah. yeah. And it's probably an apartment block now. Uh, it's still there. Um, it's still there. Yeah, they kind of pushed me out as I think they pushed John out and they pushed a lot of people. So um, I know speaking to Dave McLooney from Atlantis, mm. from his time there, he was the main reason he left was because of lease and owners and just, you know not a very favorable situation for trying to run a business out of it um yeah. john made it work for a while and realized the same things and then i sort of realized the same things. so yeah um i remember speaking to dave mcclinney and he said that there was maybe another iteration before it was atlantis and after it was gronman's um there was some owner who i think he had he was living upstairs and he had like a salt bath or something i don't remember enough about it jeepers yeah um but yeah, a lot of history in that place. Mm, yeah, indeed. Let's listen to some music. Something that you've... It is absolutely hot off the press. It could not get any hotter. As a matter of fact, dear listeners, this is a world premiere. We bring you the world premieres. This is a track that you've just worked on, Lee. Just worked Tell on. us about this. Uh, it's a local band. Um, they're called Seor. I think they're mostly based around Furniture Gully. They'll you might see them playing at Ruby's and um, mm. still, still now Suki Lounge. Suki Lounge. Lounge. Yeah. Yep. Um, they're called Seor. Amazing, talented band. Really, really modern, poppy, groovy tunes. Um, I've known the drummer for a while from previous projects and really excited to work with them so we got in did a couple of pre-production sessions kicked off the recording on friday and finished the mixing pretty much at like 11 o'clock last night right did a rough little master and um here it is for your listening enjoyment dear listeners we heard just then was a band called Seor Seor and a song called Borrow You absolutely hot off the press at about mm, 11 
31 last night. Thereabouts. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Now, d- during the uh, the song we were just talking about, some of the techniques, what you used for doing that that track, and you're saying that, um, which I'm sure we all feel, we all being, you know, producery studio types, there's nothing quite as nice as uh, a bunch of people coming into the studio who can play. Absolutely. And who set up together as a did they actually set up together as a band and, and track um not it's actually guides really, yeah we we, <clears throat> we did a couple of pre-production sessions and we recorded it live as a band but um by the time friday came when it was you know coming to the studio they um everyone was pretty uh like knew exactly what they had to do so mm. we just tracked the um the drums by themselves with a little rough bass track just yep. for a bit of um support but um yeah we just layered it and we just kind mm. of started with the drums and just focused as much as we could on every single aspect and we made sure we just got it right in the recording yeah without anything to do really in the mixing i was really liking the drum sound it sounded very natural and nice and real yeah how, how, what was your approach to tracking drums on that one um i recently picked up a yamaha recording custom which is a great start i guess any great sounding drum kit is a good start to a great sounding drum track um that thing just yeah it's really easy um to mic up the tom sound great the kick just sounds warm and big and um next of course is a great drummer and i've known this drummer um for quite a while and uh, always been on his back a little bit about controlling his dynamic and that sort of stuff but he's really because he's got a live background and a bit heavier sort of stuff so in in these genres i think just really keeping down your um your dynamic is you know key to getting a take that you don't actually have to manipulate too far yes um and he nailed that so it was really good but in terms of technique just um room mics uh i use my piano mics actually Mm. to get the it just works um, perfect room mic sound for the drums in there and um, really basic just you know ribbon overheads and all the standard stuff really you know and not much compression not much EQ and just yeah getting it right from the start mm, that, that's a great sounding track look forward to hearing some more stuff from them also let's listen to another song maybe something something that um, well before we do we were going to talk about how it was you got into no i'm going to keep changing my mind we're going to listen to a song and then we're going to come back and talk about how it is you got into this weird and wonderful world of of, uh, recording here it comes friend in the studio today lee bradshaw good morning lee let's see that your microphone's going there yes hello one two hello one two <laughs> why do we say one two 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 one one 
Mm, that's the first thing they teach you in sound man school, isn't it? Well, I don't know. I never went. <laughs> well, this is what I've heard, but I've never had it confirmed. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I never went. I never went there. I never went there either. Yeah. Mm, but um, yes, I've met plenty of wonderful people. Wonderful sound people. Thank you for making the journey up. It's a beautiful. It's here. a beautiful drive. I I think so. Yeah. 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 I love coming up here. And if you time it. If you time it right, maybe not heading up for the radio show, but if you time it right up here, you can be driving alongside Puffing Billy. Okay. The steam train. I was just driving alongside which, uh, a lot of incoming city bound traffic. A lot traffic. of incoming city bound <laughs> yeah. traffic, yeah. Just very glad I was on, on the side of the road that I was on. Yes, so. yes. Lee, for the listeners, we've met at a studio that we've both done a bit of work at over the years. Yep. Uh Tell, tell us about the studio that you're at now. Uh, well, I'm working out of Burwood Sound Studios, which is formerly known as Baker Street. And um, that's, I guess, where, where I call home now. And, um, yeah, it's a beautiful studio, uh, our new endorsed studio. Uh, I believe he built it with his own two hands. Which he broke. Up. Yeah. Which he broke partway through, <laughs> yeah. falling off a ladder. Yeah, yeah. Heard Roll. the stories. Oh dear! Incredible, but it's a beautiful space, and um, everybody that comes in, you know, really enjoys the the vibe in there, and you know, he's really created a, a beautiful place. So, it's um, yeah, it's a real privilege to have a space like that to work from. Mm, indeed. Mm, yeah. Actually, that first tune that I played was mixed um, at Alan's studio, a former version of the studio. He's he actually, I I've been around long enough to remember it. Mm. Baker Street when it was first built and it was really it was really just two quite small rooms right and then he gradually acquired more and more space in the warehouse yeah. where the, the studio is located and and uh, until gradually <laughs> he, he swarmed he had over everything it. yeah <laughs> and yeah I, I I concur it's 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 a it's a absolutely beautiful studio and mm. um, I've been I've been fortunate too to do a lot of stuff out there yeah so. And what are you doing in there? You kind of call it home. You, you wear this producer cap thing that we wear. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. How, how are you spending your time there? Um, well, I, I call myself the in-house producer there now. Um, but I guess realistically I'm just continuing my own business that I've been running for oh, the better part of 15 years, I suppose. Um, you know, I've, I've moved through different places. Uh, I've been back in Melbourne for five years after um, having lived in WA for about 20. Moved over there in the late 80s with the family when I was about 12, 13. So, um, oh, should have turned that off. Uh, sorry about that. You just motioned at his chest. You, sh- yeah. you should have turned your pacemaker off. Yeah. <laughs> no, just the old iPhone. Oh, oh of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I... I um, just reside in 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 the student the big studio space there at uh, Burwood Sound Studios now and um, and uh, rent that space from Al and and you know work work my business in there and I, I kind of think of of us all sort of working in that that centre though together because Al's moved on to a little bit more mastering work and uh, and doing stuff like that which is really great and he's really good at it. Um, and you know, obviously, there's the the theatre, and well, not obviously, but 
for those who don't know, there's a theatre in that space, uh, which is beautiful as well, and the record store, which is which is pretty cool. So mm. it's a, I, I guess on on first look can look like a fairly intriguing rabbit warren kind of place with lots of different things going on in it there. It is, but, isn't it? Yeah. But but um, we're slowly moving towards unifying the whole thing and 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 making it. Uh, I mean, it's a really interesting experience for people that come in. They they come in through a record store and find their way to the back of the building into this incredibly beautiful studio with a nine foot concert grand Steinway, Steinway. in the back. And yeah, you know. So uh, but I, I like the fact there's a record store there. I, I I think you know there's some sort of subconscious message being sent to the musicians coming to record there that you know there's an end point there as well so here it is another friday night home at 3 a.m is everything all right going crazy everything's a mess everybody knows that it ain't worth a fight no you got to wonder This is The Producer's Take. My name's David Carr. You're going to hear some spectacular music and uh, we're just going to have a jolly old good time. A friend of mine, a comrade from from Coburg land, has ventured all the way up and a little bit later we'll be talking to Miles Munford, who's a, who's a Melbourne producer of note. He's bought a stack of music for us to listen to music that you may well have never heard ever before. And that's part of the point of this show, dear listener, is that we record producers sometimes at parties. You'll hear us laugh amongst ourselves saying, you know, we record the best music you've never heard before. And that, that in part, was what motivated me to, to get involved in, in doing this 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 our little radio show here because there's a wonderful bunch of Melbourne producers out there who work very hard who slave in dark rooms who work side by side along musicians and help gently craft help birth sometimes it's with fire and anvils other times it's a loving kiss we help artists encourage and nurture artists to get their stuff out there sometimes you just don't get to hear the end result for whatever reason we could talk about that for days but this little spot on wednesday mornings will be a spot where you can come and listen to particularly music that's been singled out by the producers of melbourne music that we think is worth listening to miles has just wandered in and here he's over there. Let's see if this microphone's working. The, 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 the wonders of technology. Morning, Miles. Good morning. Mic number one, mic number one. Isn't this a lot of fun? <laughs> mic number two, what are you going to do? Yes. Uh, How was your drive joke. up this morning? I was good, though. Uh, it's quite misty out there, and there was an accident, um, quite a messy accident coming off the uh, eastern freeway. Um, you, well, didn't well cause, the, you didn't cause the accident. No, I did not. I, um, I did slow down, though, uh, as uh, everybody else was. Oh, rubbernecking. Oh, no, no, no. I was, I was slowing down. Oh, to make in co- yeah, in yeah, caution. Yes, I was yes. not in... Uh, I did want to contribute to um, further issues. They, they were, it, it had happened quite a bit earlier. They were packing it up yeah. and um, carting off the cars. But, you know, 
it's uh, it's misty and wet and be safe out there take care out there people please now you've brought up a a shiny little optical disc yeah. with a bunch of songs on it <laughs> and um isn't technology amazing yes you it just is carry this little disc around with you well you know but and those little discs well whatever kind of medium you know it's like whether it's a big black one or a little shiny one or a little square mini disc or whatever laser disc even uh you know they they don't look like much but they they can really hold people's hopes and dreams to oh our art, our thoughts, our philosophy, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, they can go on to mean a lot to the person who didn't make them, who just enjoys listening to it. Indeed, indeed. I, I often notice pictures of people uh, these days, you know, might be on their, their um, Instagram or their Facebook, and it'll be a shot of them in the probably the mastering suite holding up a CD reference copy, you know. Yeah. It's just one little disc. A couple of bits of plastic sandwiching a plastic. piece of foil. And they're holding it up saying, here it is. Yeah. Here is the result of however many days, weeks, months. Years. Years. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> no, it's true. And, and you know, there, there are many things like that. In in some ways, I guess we're, we're we're abstracting and abstracting. I mean, it's it's difficult to feel like that about a you know a string of data on a computer hard drive. Um, but at the same time, you know that that string of data on a computer hard drive can hold as much meaning and power in you know when it's played back mm. uh, as as the the person who imbued with with that meaning and power when they made that record. Indeed, it's, um, it's a it's a it's a strange world we live in. A strange world. How about we listen to some music from this disc? I think let's just start at track number one. Do you want to do you want to tell us what this, what sure. this track is? Uh, this is um, this is from an album uh, which I actually think is the same name as the the band. Uh, it's one of those. Uh, it's Tom Strode and the Tour Guides. I could be wrong, actually. It's it's quite strange. I, I you know usually you know I'm working on the big chunk of the project. Um, artists come to me with material developed i work with them to develop that material further and then it gets you know mixed and mastered and and it's you know once i've done my little bit then which may be quite a big bit depending on the project then it kind of passes back into the hands of the artist um so yeah i actually don't remember what the album is called maybe it's uh maybe it's not called tom strode and the tour guide that is definitely the name of the band though uh thomas strode and the tour guides uh i made this in um uh, 2012, I guess, um, in a nice little studio uh, in uh, in Northcote. Uh, no, it'd be Preston, I guess, Thornbury, one of those places. Um, Pughouse Studios, which is run by a lovely, lovely chap, uh, Nico Schäuber. Um, and these guys started off all as students of mine. Um, I think I taught the entire band at NMIT in, at different times. And um, when they came to make a record, they said, hey, look, we'd like to make it with you. And... Um, I was really stoked about that. And this track is particularly interesting because they came to me and they didn't really know what to do with it. Um, there are lots of times that the artist comes with a song and goes, right, I know exactly what I want to do with this. And those are great. Uh, often my job then is to make certain we capture it right and make certain their performance reflects what they want to sound like. And uh, and the rest of the creativity is, is all up to them. This particular one, though, um, was much slower when they brought it to me. It was probably... 
I'm going to say half as slow as as what it ended up as, and it was a very different guitar part. didn't didn't really have much going on, <clears throat> and they didn't really know what to do with it. But I really liked the words, um, and I was like, well, we can change this, we can do this. Um, let's try that out. So we pitched his guitar up uh, an octave using a, a technique called Nashville tuning, where you take the bottom three strings of a um, uh, of a twelve string guitar and you put them on a normal guitar. Uh, and that gives the um, the bottom three strings of the the guitar are then an octave higher, so it sounds well. You'll hear it in a minute. It sounds like um, a very high strung guitar, which it is. Um, and we picked up the tempo enormously, and all of a sudden the track started to have a bit of vibe and things going on. And then we had to kind of relearn the track in the studio. Uh, yeah, so this is this is one that was definitely a, a producer's um, input brought this track around to. Well, what we hear today. 3MDR. She was played into his eyes. She knew it wasn't right. She was raised without a shield. So she never stand and fight. He was stolen from his nest. He was taught to run away He was born without a voice So we'd never have his say She will know who it's gone Cause the rules, they never change She's done her time Andy has arrived Hello Andy Shanahan, welcome to the show again Good morning David Carr, how are you? I'm very good Thank you for making the journey up uh, my pleasure. And listen, I'm uh, really pleased to see that you're continuing this in 2016. I love this show. I listen to it every week, of course, and um, I think it's oh, a really important you. show. And I'm, I'm just so happy to see you doing it again. I'm, I'm wrapped. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's glad to know <laughs> that there are people out there <laughs> oh, yeah, listening. I, I'm, sure. I, pretty much every week I'll get some some comment from... It's great getting comments from strangers. Sure. Instead of just, uh, great show, David. Thanks, Mum. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah it's a good old thing oh, wow. 2016 how was your 2015 listen my 2015 was uh was relentless uh was relentless to me and uh a little a little challenging but uh this side of the year i'm going thank you for the opportunities to be a, a stand-up guy so i appreciated 26 2015 and i'm looking forward to 2016 mm. Mm. now that i have my new facility up and running oh I'm absolutely wrapped. Yeah. Well, we need to talk a little bit more about that at some stage. At some stage, but was your you've actually had your annual? Have you had your annual leave? You in in annual leave? You know, I started at about. Do we even know what that night. means? I was still marking assessments for some of my courses up to midnight last night. Right. Uh, from that were hungover from the third week of December when I finished teaching. So uh, yeah, annual leave starts this morning. Really, <laughs> as soon as I leave here, <laughs> it'll be great. Goodness me, I uh, routinely have people asking me about what my plans are for public holidays and I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure I must get this very strange glazed look yeah because I don't think well I mean when you work in the music industry you don't really get well it might be a little different for you because you're in education as well well yeah but you know I tend to fill up my time when I'm not teaching with audio workers as I've always done so uh, see 
public holidays have always been to me where you're more likely to work <laughs> because everyone else who does the normal things mm. are, are, are playing and they're free to do and a lot of guys record on public holidays and weekends mm. so, um, and of course I did a long stint uh, running the audio department at Palladium at Crown for half a dozen years and of course all the nights are taken there and the public holidays are there so I'm used to not having them as well <laughs> mm. normal wouldn't it be so nice to actually be paid for public holidays being a musician yeah and being paid to not work that would be there's a treat amazing Holiday pay? Yeah. Holiday pay? What's that? I know. Who gets that? No, well, not oh. I. But that's all right. Wouldn't, that's all right. That's all right. Wouldn't trade my life for the world. <laughs> <laughs>